Kristen whispers sonnets. Join me for a sonnet bedtime treat. Hello, <laughs> it's Kristen Garth. And tonight is a very special episode of Kristen Whispers Sonnets because it is the Girlarium episode, or probably the first of, of several, you know, um, sprinkled throughout the um, Kristen Whispers Sonnets library. But this one um, is established a new project that I'm working on about a girl named Gilda Sheen, who is a 16-year-old who at that age, um, discovers she's growing gills, and she hides them in her hair, she has a lot of hair, and she's able to hide them, but, um, she doesn't understand it, she knows she's on the swim team, she's always been a good swimmer, things like that, but, you know, she wasn't expecting that she was some kind of biological, you know, evolutionary link or anything like that, but apparently she is, and she, um, uh, like doing research for this I mean they call it like a somatic um, mutation and uh, you know that happens after like it's dormant in you um, or something brings it on after not like in it's not necessarily in your genetics but something brings it on and you you know develop this change and anyway she doesn't understand it because you know even in our culture where we, you know, mermaids are definitely very, um, popular and in the, in the popular imagination, but, um, she's not a mermaid. She doesn't develop a tail. Um, but she also doesn't understand why she has lungs, but suddenly as the girls grow bigger, she's having more problems breathing on land and, um, without taking, you know, going into the water she needs to be in both places. So, Anyway, um, it's helpful to her to get through the school day to be on the swim team, things like that, because, you know, you can be a, get into the water. But she makes the mistake, I guess, of being too successful of a swimmer and gets in a national record, and so she gets some press attention. And um, the, I... Oh... I should have probably read that poem. <laughs> I'm not very organized today. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to f read this poem about about her swim meet and kind of establish that for you. But it's on Instagram. Oh, and Gilda has her own Instagram that you can follow. And um, I put the link on my Twitter, which is at Lola and Jolie. It's uh, um and uh, also on my um Instagram, Kristen Ingrid Garth. But if you go on there, you can be linked and follow. Um, Gilda, which she writes the post and everything, it's all from her POV. So, I'm going to read this first sonnet called Piscean Teen Dream. And it's a magazine article that's a sonnet that um, <laughs> explains how Gilda, you know, got onto the radar in a bad way. Piscean Teen Dream by Claire Delaney, July 19th, 2019, The Pool Magazine. Is Gilda Sheen, in fact, 16? Even human? 21.6353? Witnesses at high school gym question whether she breathes in front of them. It's the quickest public high school recorded time verified in Swimming World online. 
Elite the scouts around, towel around, hides the neck, unprepared to win this meet, we suspect, for the attention, National Press Corps. Ask her hypoxic regiment, she eyes the door, stammers nervous, irrational, before the abrupt, impolite exit. Swimming pool, cool, cool-blooded creature, she seems, on land, such a squeamish piscine teen dream and um this article kind of lands uh, gilda who you know realizes that there's something about her that really she should be hiding because like not even her parents know and 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 she doesn't you know know of anyone else like her and she's got her own fears about that but she knows um after this magazine article comes out she gets scouts at her school, and then she gets someone who isn't a scout, but pretends to be, and then sends her a message that's very, um, kind of scary about, um, like what, and I'm going to read that next, but, um, it's, it's, you know, intended to scare her into cooperating with this CIA operative who's got some sinister plans to use her mutation, you know, for, like, some weird national interest. Mutation will require a pool. You will never make it an eight-hour day of school without submersion for a full hour, maybe more. You cannot run away, ignore the necessity of a breath. Your lung capacity is bereft. As gills mature, there grows also the risk of death. International politics, you will survive. Swim team can keep you alive. Hope does await in orange stands, your own mentor with nationalistic plans. You'll thrive with scientists now that your cover's blown. Intended not for the civil, but the wild. You never really were a child. So, you know, this was a very sinister message for um, uh, Gilda to receive, and it only confirms, like, her worst fears about what she is becoming and, you know, that she's not going to have any kind of, you know, destiny in her life that's going to be, um, you know, positive. She's going to be alone or, and be in, in the control of someone. And so because of this, she makes some decisions in this story to that you know maybe she wouldn't have met made un, if she wasn't under duress of having this CIA agent you know who after she quits the swim team he's you know on her case majorly and so she's got to make some kind of plan because also she's afraid because her um I'm well I'll read you the poem in a second but her lips go blue she's starting to worry you know if, if she could die you know because she's so, um, you know, um, the breath is like, you know, not easy for her on land and, you know, it's, it's a scary thing and it's not like she can go to a doctor or anyone or trust even her parents because she doesn't to, um, say, Hey, what's going on with me? Am I gonna, you know, live or die or are there things I need to be doing? So she really starts to reach out to some different people. She writes, um, an email to, a uh, pet store, 
you know, trying to, uh, that specializes in fish, trying to ask questions, framing herself that this is about a lung fish, which is that there are fish that have lungs and gills. And so she's kind of using that as an analogy of herself. And um, she doesn't get information that comforts her. So, I um, mean, all they say is like a lung fish is able to do both these things. It wouldn't be in distress. So, um, you know, it's, it's all, everything gets even more uncertain. And after, um, she goes through that whole process, she has gone on a field trip for school to a place called Anemone. And Anemone is a private home, and I'm going to read you a poem about it in just a second, but it, um, is owned by a man who collects sharks and they live in the house and it's inspired. I had seen a, um, a show about a place in California called Shark House and it's a how a mansion where people live, $35 million mansion, um, where like they have all these elaborate like aquarium like situations going on in the home and they have, it's filled with sharks. And there's even like a, in that house, like a little meditation kind of pad um, that's completely surrounded. You walk out on a little beam and it's completely surrounded by sharks. So, I mean, to me, that's not comforting, but I guess, you know, to certain people that would be like a good meditation experience or whatever. But um, anyway, she goes on a field trip to a house like this that's a couple hours away from her. And it's called anemone, which the sea anemone is a predatory plant that's very beautiful, but it has toxins and it does, you know, eat little things. So I, I, I thought of that name for it because this place is gorgeous, but it makes her very nervous from the very beginning because she does have the gills when she goes there. And she's there watching all these animals in cages, basically. I mean, they're in glass cages and it you know, she can't help but suddenly relate as much with these animals as she does humans, if not more. So it's a personal to her. She relates to how they must feel and it upsets her being in this place and she wanders off and while she wanders off to like, you know, take a moment to be emotional, the man who lives there approaches her and sees her crying and offers a handkerchief, but he also, we think, gets a view of a gill because, you know, she's upset and she's not, you know, being as meticulous with her hair. So, um, that's an interesting, um, confluence of people, <laughs> you know, the collector meets a, a marine animal he's never encountered or maybe no one has. So, you know, it sets us up for what happens next. But I'm going to find, let me find my poetry again, and I'll read you about Anemone. Well, first I'll read you Gill Girl, and then I'll go right into Anemone. Gill Girl, cuts you camouflage with hair. Secret, you are aware. Perforations of the neck. Gangrene at first, you suspect. Mottled hue, imbued a metallic sheen. Genuflect in horror what they mean. What hides behind your honey hair? Longer each day to part, prepare, arrange an exit 
sides but straight, groom not for vanity's sake, but to prevaricate. By blue lips you are betrayed, matte lipstick cannot save the day. Bottled water not to drink, poured over until in bath you sink, flesh rosy pink. You grow gills, amphibious instincts. So, you know, she goes through this change, and now she has the gills, and um, then she goes to Anemone, and I'll read that one for you right now. Anemone. See, Anemone, sophomore year, marine biology trip, tinged with fear. Famous mansion, two hours away. On HGTV, it's sharks, stingrays, make you nervous the aquariums the shark tunnel and the atrium glass can craft the cruelest cage how captive glances accidentally engaging residents party guests outrage you more than all the rest you flee to find your breath outside handkerchief monogrammed a stranger provides a dramatic why Two small initials beside means humans. The owner of this vast atrocity is staring at your neck curiously. So it gives it's sinister for me, and I. But I've enjoyed working on this project so much. I, I um, partially what I have two things going on that I'm working on a novel, and the other day I did a poetry reading for. Um, the drunk daily drunk magazine and my laptop cord fell apart which was like great like on the day before a holiday weekend so I knew I was gonna have this long weekend of no working on my novel and at the same time I was doing poem a day um, with my group of um, poetry writers that um, we for September we're trying to write a poem every day well I could think I went a little crazy because <laughs> I just started writing so much on this little story because I couldn't work on my novel and this story kind of overtook me and I've been having a lot of fun with it and doing things that I haven't done before like making an Instagram for the character because some of the poems like the magazine article are like a document you know so it looks good on Instagram and so and plus I wanted to make an Instagram post for one of the documents and I was like well the easiest way to do that would be to make an Instagram for my character. So I went ahead and did that. Now I get to be a 16-year-old girl on Instagram, and I'm having a fun time. Just started today. So, if again, like, you know, feel free to join. And um, it's just a fun project, and I'm, I don't 100% know how the story ends yet. Sometimes I never actually, to tell you the truth, when I write, like, a novel, I won't know like I might I will know before I write all the footnotes like it, which I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to do I mean I probably will do footnotes for this because of what I'm doing on Instagram and it might even use a tone like that where she just tells the story and the footnotes like her version but um <laughs> instead of like a you know kind of godly narrator or whatever but um you know I have no idea, but I don't know exactly what happens yet to Golda. She hasn't told me that yet. 
I know, you know, things leading up to that, but she hasn't revealed her whole totality of her character yet, but it's so fun. And um, I'm going to read you the title poem before I, um, to end with, of Girlarium, which was the first one that I wrote. And it's going to be coming out in um, 13 Mine of Birds, um, which is, I love that magazine by Juliet Cook, and so I'm so excited when she said she liked it a lot, you know, because this idea had completely overtaken me. So one way or another, I'm telling the story. And um, anyway, here is Girlarium. Post-11 episodes of Escape, revisions begin, blueprints, tape, 16-foot wall, demolished, rectangular gape. Mars his vast backyard landscape. None can see but he, the marine-grade acrylic wall men install. Her door sheet-rocked, walls covered, panes. In watertight box, she is detained. Swims to finger, grand piano. Its smashed remains of which dropped below. From the only slot that opens here, Beside a dripping chandelier comes offerings of fruit as she will float inside a glittered crystal boat. She will steer his perimeter of perpetual pedantry by wall of sunlight, buoyant lamp she sees. So, <laughs> obviously, I mean, I think, you know, when Gilda does go to stay with Mr. Humans. there's, you know, she is under duress and she hopes that this is a good situation, but it's very clear in that poem that she feels very trapped. And I think, you know, part of it, she feels the necessity of being trapped maybe because being trapped, but cared for and surviving might seem better than, you know, dying young because no one knows how to take care of you. And she has specific needs. So, you know, but then I think, you know, things, it's clear, you know, some things are going to happen. And I actually um, have little inklings of what those are. <laughs> and that'll get more developed. But thank you so much, you guys, for um, meeting Gilda Sheen. And um, I have loved creating this character so far. And maybe she'll do her own podcast um, the next time I do some more of this girlarium on Kristen Whispers Sonnets. But for now, you should pull up your own little stuffed mermaid and cuddle in your blankets and get some good sleep because it is bedtime and I'm going to do the same. So thank you for listening and good night. Kristen Whispers Sonnets. Join me for a sonnet bedtime treat.